0: Welcome to Direct-to-Video, DVD Extras, a podcast between podcasts where we talk about whatever we want. Now, where's the button on this thing? All right. Okay.
1: Okay. Riveting silence. We should just release an episode someday I, that's like just it, all ambient work noise.
0: it Somebody would listen to that podcast. More importantly, I I wasn't saying anything because I figured it sounded like you were going to say something. And then,
1: uh... Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I'm in that haze, you know, that work haze of like, I have, I have a million things to get done and my brain can't focus on any single one of them because it keeps trying to switch to the other thing I need to work on, you Mm -hmm. know?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So you end up getting I mean I always eventually get everything done but it feels like you end up getting nothing done the whole time cuz you never finish one thing so you can do the other thing.
1: Yeah, so you're kind of just jumping around between stuff until you know hopefully either everything gets done or you don't get as much done as you want to.
0: Yes. At some point the deadlines come crashing in and you finish everything in half an hour. That might just Yeah, be exactly.
1: Bad. But here's here's the worst part. Here's the worst part. Last night, uh, one of my housemates, in a, in a brilliant show of wanting to be, fuck, my laptop is dying. Give me a sec. Okay, perfect. I'm so prepared for today. <laughs> I'm underneath my desk now.
0: This is all staying in.
1: Oh, Yeah. Right. This is the
0: good stuff. This is what the people want to hear. Right, if you know they can't what? I'm actually gonna... talking about Winnie the Pooh. They want to hear us plugging in laptops.
1: Yeah, I'm going to lie down on the ground. This is a ground cast now.
0: Welcome to the first to video ground cast.
1: Yep. So, my my housemate in this brilliant idea to help us save our ele- on, our, on our electricity bill decided hey you know what it gets cold enough at night here in the desert that we could just turn off the cooler and then as long as we remember to turn it on in the morning the house will stay cold but we'll save a bunch on electricity Uh uh-huh. so here's the problem is that he didn't tell anyone he was doing this <laughs> no. so come the next morning I wake up and I'm thinking man our house is really hot today I'm gonna go and try to get some work done on campus, like at a like at the library or at a desk somewhere yeah. or something. Yeah. I find out from him later that the house got up to about ninety-eight degrees <laughs> before they realized that nobody had turned the cooler back on. Oh, jeez. That was about four hours ago, and our house is still kind of settling it's still into hot. the high eighties.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, apparently I learned this from an architect Uh, apparently cooling down a house Is actually really hard And you shouldn't turn off your air conditioner Because if it does heat up Then you're just wasting the energy again To cool it back down
1: Yeah, you, that's That's I knew that <laughs> <But>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Right, so if a discussion had happens.
1: Yeah, if somebody had told me, hey, what if we decided to turn off the cooler? I would have been like, how about we don't? Because what if we need to cool the house back down? And that would take (laughs) forever. So I can't get any work done because on top of not being able to focus on any one thing, on top of that, my house and office space is like 90 degrees. So I just can't think because all I can think about is how uncomfortable and hot it is.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have been there. It's... Um, in in my room, it's cool now, but we, uh, the air conditioner was broken for a while and it broke again recently uh, under warranty because it was a new one. But um, like f- for the past week or so, I've been thinking, man, I have work to get done and I don't have a laptop anymore. So doing work means having to sit in my room where it's like a hundred degrees. And I have this big old monstrosity instead of my laptop, and I'm like,
1: ah, okay, it, it doesn't. This is a joke I'm writing. It doesn't. It doesn't help uh, that like, when you have a desktop, that area of your room is the hottest part of your room at all times. Oh
0: yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm.
1: And I think one of one of the one of like my quables is that is that a word?
0: Quables? Maybe.
1: Quables. Is that a real word? I feel like I just made up a word. But I feel like that's a word that people have used. Quabbles. One of my issues.
0: A cross between a quarrel and a squabble, according to Urban Dictionary. <laughs> no, wait, 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 wait. This is archaic spelling of equable. So no. <laughs> it's not a word.
1: right one of my one of my problems with having a desktop was always that like and like you see this in tv shows and at first I thought and like comic books and at first you think oh that's ridiculous and it's like people will like play video games at their desktop wearing like nothing but underwear Mm. but when I when I built my own desktop like sure enough like that corner of my room would have would be like consistently 90 degrees or so while the rest of my room would be a cool like 70 yeah yeah so having a laptop is great because you don't have that problem
0: We've all just imagined Andy in his underwear, correct?
1: This I don't think anyone actually service. knows enough what I... This is not... That is not fan service. <laughs> it is... That, that is that is a disaster scene. Which is the name of my new punk rock band. Disaster scene.
0: Oh, uh, it sounds terrible.
1: I think it sounds great for a... Uh... Bring it home. No, I got nothing.
0: Uh, I was sitting here kind of like hoping you'd cut out... Maybe he said something really funny and I just didn't hear it.
1: Nope. Ah, I ran out. I clean ran out of idea. Mm. I I'm like I have nothing. I have nothing like really coherent to talk about.
0: Good. Um, Good. That's always the best way to start a podcast.
1: (laughs) And and the reason for that is like my life is fucking god.
0: The hell, man. (laughs) What? Why do I even come here? This is <laughs> bullshit.
1: Oh man, I although I did rea- I do realize that I've seen a movie that I haven't talked about. That I, I I'm surprised that I haven't talked about it because I've talked about it to everyone else I know except you. I think.
0: Okay, I mean I could also talk about something. I don't I don't really have anything mm. to talk about, but I could shoot the shit for a while. Actually, I'm you down know to what? shoot the shit for a while. Um, y- I, know I am what? on
1: a time limit though. Yeah, I this was going to be a short and sweet... I
0: was thinking we should try to make this like recording about an hour. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been listening to The Adventure Zone again, which you know because I told you about the fact that Justin offhandedly references TikTok in um, Pedals to the Metal, which blew my fucking mind. Because everybody else on the podcast got it, which means as a family, the McElroys have watched...
1: <laughs> <laughs> Return to yeah, Oz. Uh, they they've sat down, popped the VHS into the V C R, and watched Return to Oz. Yes. Uh so that
0: was amazing. But um I've I've finished it, so I'm listening to it again to like see how much what cool stuff happens in the story, and how far along are you?
1: Uh I'm about I'm about where I was the last time we talked about it.
0: Okay, so Crystal <laughs> Kingdom? <laughs>
1: uh or... no <laughs> i'm finishing up "Pedals to the metal
0: oh i thought by the last time you talked to it you talked about it you meant the first time we actually talked about where it doesn't matter there's something i noticed that i thought was really interesting um and it happens yeah. in "Pedals to the metal and the first time i listened to it i thought it happened in crystal kingdom but now i'm pretty sure it is "Pedals to the metal and it's this it's this Travis, Justin, and Clint, for the first, like, couple story arcs, are responding to Griffin's story and, like, solving problems in it, and I feel like Pedals to the Metal, starting from the car scene, is the first time they really add to the story, where it's just them doing what their characters would do, even if it's, like, crazy... And sometimes they're solving problems by making different problems instead of just trying to get past a thing that he put in front of them. Does that make sense? Pedals to the Metal felt like when it really becomes its own story.
1: It definitely, by the end of it, because that's, that's about where I am, is kind of getting to the end of Pedals to the Metal. Like, mm-hmm. There's a lot more Justin and Travis and Clint asking if if it's okay for them to do something, and a lot less Griffin prodding them what to do
0: right that's like over a year into their thing and i think that's when into their show and i think that's when they got comfortable with it
1: yeah and they they kind of hit realize the limitations of like what understanding what it is that griffin would allow them to do as like a uh a, a dm as well mm. as understanding the limits of what they're willing to do as their characters
0: and listening back because i know everything that happens in the finale. There's a bunch of stuff that I'm like psyched about because of my favorite thing that I sometimes do while writing, which is accidental foreshadowing.
1: <laughs> because
0: the way a D&D game is played, whenever whenever um like Travis says something that's foreshadowing for something 20 episodes in the future, that's definitely an accident because he doesn't know what's going to happen 20 episodes in the future. And I I freaking love that. They do a big one in the Crystal Kingdom, and each of them does it, and none of them realize it, because there's nothing for them to realize yet.
1: I think one of the greatest parts about D&D is the ability to kind of organically, like, create a story with these other people, and then realize, like, thinking back, oh, man, I, I didn't intend for, for the story to kind of shape itself so perfectly i was just doing what i thought felt right mm-hmm. and like the it's kind of sad when you're playing dnd with like friends and stuff you're not recording it usually so you don't get to go back and listen to kind of those moments
0: yeah that's that's the thing that kind of makes me melancholy about dnd because i listen to a bunch of uh rpg podcasts which is um you know it's a lot of fun to play through, but in other stories in books or movies or video games, you can go back and do it again. And in D and D it's never going to be the same thing again, which is kind of disappointing that you just can't do that thing again. Like experience it.
1: I mean, in, in in a way though, that's, that's the goal. The goal of D and D was always to, to create new experiences right like right and i think i think even today that's that's the main draw of of tabletop role play is that you want to be able to have like a creative experience that nothing else can give you because it's all it's all off the top of your head you know but after you've created something you can experience it again
0: like i went back and i listened to most of our older episodes and some of them are good and some of them aren't um, yeah. Although I find them all entertaining because it's me and you talking about bullshit. Oh, did I ever tell you my this is This is a bit of a tangent. Did I ever tell you my favorite thing that I do when I listen to our episodes? Yeah. I will think after you say something, oh, I should have said this, and then I'll say that in the past, and I'll be like, yeah, I got it. I understand. <laughs>
1: I'm like creatively like spent and it's not because I've done anything creative, but it's, it's, I think more because of the utter lack of it. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely. I feel, I definitely feel more, um, creative after I've done something creative than like, Oh my God. Okay. Here's the thing. I am also creatively, creatively spent, but it's because I haven't like slept a full night's sleep in a week and a half.
1: Um, oh yeah, I mean me neither,
0: and that's what's getting me uh, but like when you're writing something, and that's that's the angle I come at most things from when you're writing something, if you can keep up the momentum of writing, you will be more creative with it, and if you stop and then come back for a while, you won't have like built anything up, you'll have not done anything for a while,
1: yeah. Um god I, damn god damn I
0: hope that this conversation I'm 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 pooped. I'm, I hope I'm this conversation worried. makes sense when we yeah, go I'm back increasingly, and
1: to it. I'm increasingly worried that we're both just having like like half thoughts and we know each other so well that we're just like yeah no I I got your whole thought.
0: Yeah man. And we yeah. just and
1: then we just stop yeah. talking for 30 minutes. <laughs> I let me let me try to get my juices my my juices flying god that sounds gross why do people (laughs) say that
0: (laughs) one time when i got my sister a really good gift my mom said oh you blew your wand on that gift and i was like what the fuck why would you use that expression in that way (laughs)
1: she said that yep oh my god that is and you corrected her fuck no i didn't correct her i got
0: grossed out and left the room
1: so you're telling me it is entirely possible for this situation to happen again (laughs) she knew what she was saying if
0: that's what you're asking (laughs) you did not grow up sure yeah um you haven't met my grandmother, who is the most foul-mouthed person on the planet. Uh,
1: that's true, but that is hilarious.
0: She, I, she taught me the phrase "Holy Shitting Moses," which, um, is just great.
1: It's just great. That is a good phrase. So, I, I did. I, I have been able to watch a couple of films, um, just kind of like while I was doing homework. Mm-hmm. So I. I I wasn't really like paying attention to them but I did watch them. One of them, no, three films, three films. Okay, so I watched the I watched the original um uh Night of the Living Dead by okay. uh, directed by George Romero. Um he mm-hmm. he passed away recently and I was like, "Oh, you know, this is one of those movies that everybody talks about." Sure. And Sure,
0: sure. That's that's the modern zombie movie
1: right there, right? Yeah, it's like the first it's like the first modern zombie. And okay. and something that like is insane about it is um, none of the protagonists in this film, spoilers for a movie that came out god like 50 60 years ago. Okay. Nope, so nope, no, none of the protagonists in that movie make it out alive by the end. And Interesting. But, and the other thing is, is the film doesn't, the film doesn't hang on that fact. Like, Hmm. the final protagonist of the film, uh, kind of gets, like, shot in the face by a bunch of survivors, and that's it. Roll credits.
0: Fuck, dude.
1: And, like, and there's no, there's no, there's no ending monologue, there's no nothing, there's no, uh, expounded lesson to be learned. The people who killed him didn't realize that he wasn't a zombie. Oh jeez! They just throw they just throw him on the fire with the other corpses, and that's it. And there's something kind of cool about the film. Mm-hmm. Like it's still very captivating and watchable for a zombie movie, and it has it has like all of your standard uh, zombie tropes. Like all of them are in this first movie. You know, you have. Uh, the guy who tries to fight the zombie but then gets taken out and then comes back later as a zombie.
0: Sure. Somebody gets bit and hides it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, that that one is is funny because it's not that somebody gets bit and hides it. It's that one of the characters is bit and they don't realize that that could oh, cause zombification. Okay. There's a family. Uh, there's a, a young teenage boyfriend and girlfriend. Uh, a car explodes. It's it's like it's like a very short movie, but a lot of the tropes are there in a base form that you see in every zombie movie ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say that the zombies in this movie are a lot smarter, I think, than zombies are today. Um, in this, they're like picking up stuff and using and like using it to like hit other things and stab people and stuff like that.
0: Okay, because they're not they're they're not just cannon fodder i feel like modern zombies are cannon fodder
1: yeah i don't know it's the film is structured very interestingly and i think my favorite part of the whole thing is uh like there's an offhand mention that the reason the people are coming back from the dead are because of radiation and and it kind of like reminds you how mysterious and weird radiation was back in the 60s Mm -hmm. i would recommend watching it and it's like it's got no copyright on it, so you can just go find it on YouTube.
0: Really? Nobody owns the copyright of na- on Night of the Living Dead?
1: There's uh, a, a YouTuber I watch called Captain Christian did a video on like the copyright shenanigans behind Night of the Living Dead and why uh, George A. Romero doesn't have a copyright on it. It's really cool. It's super interesting. I'll send you a link uh, okay. right now. Um, but... Slight pivot. Did you ever...
0: I watched this on Adam Ruins Everything, so, um... Basically, you could just watch Adam Ruins Everything and still listen to us, but, you know, don't. Um... Did you... Did you ever learn about, um... How... Uh... What's that? Uh... Crap. I can't remember the movie now. Um... Angel Gets Its Wings. What's that movie? Wonderful oh, Life. shit. It's a Wonderful Life. Gee.
1: Do you ever it's learn wonderful. about
0: how that became a uh, Christmas movie?
1: Uh, Wasn't it because, like, like, it was a financial failure? Yeah. And then, like, every TV station ever was just able to play it for Christmas?
0: Well, the thing is, the company that owned it didn't renew their copyright. Yeah. And so it was one of those movies, like, you see if you are watching the CW at four in the afternoon on a Sunday. see, so yeah, basically everybody yeah. just played this stupid movie that they could get for free. And um they played it around Christmas because that was when regular shows weren't on TV. Hmm. And so everybody just kind of associates it with Christmas now. It became a huge Christmas classic despite the fact that nobody liked it when it came out. The other part is that some the fuck how The company that owned it bought its copyright back and now makes a ton of money selling it. Huh. Yeah, I don't know how they did that. I think they went to court over it. But honestly, it seems like not paying for whatever copyright you have would mean that you don't have the copyright. And I don't understand how a court would change Uh, that.
1: Copyright law is, like, super shitty and dumb thanks to Disney now. I was going to say, thanks, Disney. Yeah. But so, but that's the thing, right? Is the reason the night, the reason Night of the Living Dead uh, is copyright free, is because it came out. I think it was like six or seven months before the copyright law was changed. Oh, and so it pretty much came out copyright free, accidentally. It wasn't oh, intended to, weird. but okay. it did. But that, but that's also the reason why it became so prolific, because every theater in the country just could just play it without and and they would get to rake in all of the ticket sales
0: yeah and you know when you learn about stuff like that it's weird because you would think that disney would see that something like like what what would really happen if um steamboat willie came out of copyright it seems like everybody would just be playing steamboat willie
1: I don't and, know about that um
0: well not like, like ever, but like you know um i don't really see how they would be making less money because of that is what i'm saying like so everybody can use mickey mouse it's still gonna be disney's character
1: yeah well and that's that's the thing right is like so like disney the company hmm. has 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 nothing to gain from releasing their copyrights, and so they don't. As opposed to seeing well, but they it kind don't of just... the, the other way around.
0: Right. They don't just not release the copyrights, though. They actively have changed the law every time they've gotten an opportunity, so that now yeah. the copyright law in America is literally ridiculous.
1: Yeah, it's like uh, it's like forever plus eighty eight years.
0: It's it's yeah i think it's it it's 70 years maybe they change it again maybe it's 88 but how however long after your death originally the copyright law was 70 years meaning basically your lifetime
1: and i think i think it's great whenever whenever like a piece of property enters kind of that free copyright zone because that's how you get that's how you get real like a, a like a lot of uh good creative effort can come from people using using these old ideas and kind of revamping them into something new like there have been god i don't know thousands of zombie movies right like Mm -hmm. all of them all of them crib off of this one movie that came out in the 60s if george romero had been able to maintain that copyright he'd have a copyright to the idea of a zombie because he has it all there in that movie the fact that they're uh raised from the dead that they eat the flesh of the living that you have to shoot them in the brain. It is a quantifiable idea that he invented. Could hmm. you imagine nobody being able to use zombies? That'd be okay. I was gonna say actually yeah like I don't think <laughs> like, like, like not you say it like that.
0: But two. like but 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 you are right. I mean even talking about movie monsters, you know, you got like Frankenstein and Dracula and all these are characters from books that I I actually personally and this might just be me as a um, more literary based person, I'm always a little bit disappointed when Frankenstein can't talk and moan about how awful the world is.
1: Yeah. But, <laughs> um, I'm eternally frustrated that there have that there haven't been like to heart like scene by scene movies of Dracula or uh, Frankenstein because like we have the technology to do it today some
0: of the stuff that happens in dracula is crazy bonkers and would probably be real good in a movie right but like also like sherlock holmes and tarzan which like i told you i've read the original tarzan book and it's fucking terrible and there are a million sherlock holmes stories now both of those have flourished under not having a copyright
1: fun 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 fact i learned about this while i was on my sherlock binge a, a couple of months back are you going
0: to tell me um, about the um the, the the copyright thing that happened with uh Holmes?
1: yes i am okay. uh because sherlock holmes isn't entirely copyright free in the united states it is in it is in europe and it is in canada and it is in most of the world all of sherlock holmes stories are copyright free Open source. Anybody can use them in any form, modify them, resell them, whatever. In the United States, that's only true up until I believe the last four stories or so, or the last four books, or the last two books.
0: Oh, because of Mickey or something Mouse.
1: like that. Yes. Like and so, in the United States, if you are going to re- if you want to release a sequel to the Sherlock Holmes mystery novels. It cannot have anything to do with those last four stories, which pretty much are just Sherlock Holmes' retirement stories and like him being old and sad.
0: He was a beekeeper, right?
1: Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, that retires so, and
0: keeps bees. Yeah, okay.
1: So there's a lot of stuff that those stories mention, and you cannot allude to them at all in any form because those are under copyright. But in Canada and Europe, you can write a direct sequel to Sherlock Holmes. Okay, and this however, is a
0: question that I don't know if you know the answer to about yeah. international copyright. Yes. So let's say I wrote a Sherlock Holmes story. Okay, well, actually, I, I have a, um, I have an example of this because it's one of my favorite Sherlock Holmes stories I've ever read. Which is, um, do you know what the Machine of Death is? Yeah. So there's a Machine of Death story that's a Sherlock Holmes story where somebody uh wait. I should explain the machine of death for the podcast listeners. That only really makes sense.
1: Yes, yes, you should.
0: Uh the machine of death, you prick your finger. It was created by Ryan North in a throwaway in something that he does a few times in his career, which is he writes a dinosaur comic about something and then ends up making it for real. <laughs> Uh, which is fucking cool Uh, but he came up with an ambassador comic which is the idea of a machine that takes a bit of your blood and tells you how you're going to die and it tells you in an ambiguous way that you are never able to avoid no matter how hard you try and he said um, the idea is you can get old age and that could mean you die of old age or it could mean an old person kills you. <laughs> so there was a uh, uh, in one of these books because it was turned into two um, anthologies, like an
1: anthology series, right, with guest writers. Yeah.
0: In uh, yes, and in the second one, somebody wrote a Sherlock Holmes story, and the story was pretty good. It was uh, it was about like an old lackey of moriarty who had this machine and was using it to like fleece people out of money by telling them they could avoid whatever death he predicted and the thing i love about this is the title of the story that that never comes up is apitoxin which is bee poison huh what we understand is that sherlock it's a moment alone with the machine, and he's a curious guy. And he never says yeah. anything about it, but you read the title and you think he's going to die from bee poison at some point.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and you know, he becomes a beekeeper later in life. I guess my question yeah. would be let's say I wrote this story, I published it in Canada, however, it got really popular, and I want to sell it in the United States. Is that cool? Since I published it in Canada first?
1: Yes. You're good. You're all right. Because your book is now being sold under international copyright law. Okay. So if I made a story
0: about Mickey Mouse in Canada, could I sell it in America?
1: No, because Mickey Mouse is copyright to Disney internationally. Oh, okay. Yeah, see? Disney covers their bases. Yeah. But you can... You can write a 007 story in Canada and you cannot but it cannot be sold under international copyright law without like I think heavy fees because 007 is co- is copyright free in Canada only. Canada
0: only, huh?
1: Yeah, uh, a like least. a like a like a court ruling in Canada was basically like, "Yep, 007 is a uh, is uh, open source now. It's free to the it's hmm. free to the public." I remember hearing about that and I think Ryan North was tweeting about it. He was very excited to write all of the uh, canon erotic Double O Seven stories that the world couldn't handle. Yes,
0: yes, yes. I do recall that now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now that you mention it, yes. So the other movies that I watched, hmm. I watched uh, Zodiac for the first time. Um, is that about the Zodiac Killer? In a yeah. Uh it's more about kind of the people investigating the Zodiac Killer than it is about him. Okay. It's really good. It it came out in two thousand six, two thousand seven. It's got a pretty good cast. It's got it's got Robert Danny Jr., pre-Iron Man. Mm-hmm. It's got Jake Gyllenhaal. And it's got Mark Ruffalo, who is For
0: some reason when you said Jake Gyllenhaal, I thought of Doug Demodown.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think they're just the dale, the same way.
0: Sorry, keep going.
1: Uh it's fun. Uh I would recommend watching the Zodiac movie. It's a good movie about mysteries and obsession.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, and kind of like the kind of person who would solve a mystery and why, like what what like like there are some people who who gain a satisfaction from knowing and not from and, and and how different they are from people who have who who gain satisfaction from persecuting criminals, right?
0: Mm. Okay, yeah. Like I see what you're saying. Because yes. It... Okay. Yes, okay. I Jesus, 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 Jesus.
1: This is a disaster.
0: I'm trying to, yeah, I'm trying to. Well, what I was thinking was it's come to my attention in the past few years that a lot of police become police because they like bossing people around. But I also know that there yeah. are a lot of police who, co- who become police because they want to make their city better. Or there are police who become police because they can't. Stand the thought of people running around Committing crimes And so these are a lot of people Who have different reasons to get into the same Job
1: Yeah with conflicting agendas Often
0: Yes that was where my mind went And when I thought of that I said yes a lot Instead of telling you about it
1: (laughs) You were agreeing With yourself like I'm making some salient Points here (laughs) Ugh so yeah, that's on Netflix. I just kind of watched it because it was there. And I remember like my, my, I remember my parents renting that movie when it came out. Mm. And it being one of those like, oh, this movie's rated R so you can't watch it. And just ever since then, I've been obsessed with watching it. But then I forgot oh, okay. about it. And then I saw it on Netflix and I was like, oh my God, it's that movie. And then I just, I sat down and I watched it. And it was very good. It was very good. And my parents were correct in not letting me watch that at such a young age. Um, that movie goes places
0: okay so my cousin is reading this book series and she was telling me about it and it's like a fantasy story and apparently the evil king that was killed in the first book she was telling me about how they learned in the second books about some of the crimes he did including mind controlling people to rape children and she was talking about how these people killed themselves afterward because of what they did And this is, like, a young adult book.
1: Yeah. Like, on top of that being, in my personal opinion, very excessive and unnecessary detail. Yeah. That's definitely not suitable for, like, a young adult novel.
0: It was crazy to me when she said that. See, I like this book, Sabriel, which I think is pretty dark for a young adult novel because it's got a lot of death in it. But, holy fuck that's nothing that's that's nothing to the story she was telling me about it about it's yeah something crazy um
1: yeah i don't know i don't know how i feel i i have rarely in any story at the mention of something like rape or child rape i my, my first thought is always did you really did you did your story really need that yeah, like does um, does your story gain anything from 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 these words that you've just put into my brain? There's a other Jim Butcher shock?
0: series that I stopped reading because you know who Jim Butcher is. Yeah. Dress right? Files. Um but he wrote this other series which I stopped reading because there was like uh it was never explicit, but there was definitely like a non consensual sex thing. And I was just not cool with it i mean that actually happens in the dresden files but it's but that's more about i feel like that's more important for certain character development because they have the white court which is uh should i talk about the different kinds of vampires in the dresden
1: files on our movie podcast How, how about how about we put a pin in it and then not it's if just only, it's, they're, if, they're if sex only, vampires is
0: is what it is they, they only, feed on people if, through sex and they can only make people
1: because I, sex I only read like three books in the Dresden series before I got tired of it
0: okay so did he blow really, up the red court yet? I don't fucking know where'd you get to man?
1: It really oh, no, bothers me when it. book series when book series, sorry, I'm gonna get off on this fucking tangent. It really bothers yeah, me yeah, when a book go. series refuses to number itself.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay, so that I've is, been re-reading that is these because there are like 15 of them. Yeah. And, yeah. And the thing is, the titles aren't good. They don't clue you in as to where bad. they go.
1: They're super vague and, like, yeah, mysterious. Yeah, they, they're extremely
0: vague. There's, like, White Knight and which could be any story with his friend with the sword in it. Or also any story with the fairies. And then there's, there's like, the uh, small favor.
1: Rainy long coat.
0: That's not one of them, but I'm, but like, you're, you're not wrong. That's not great.
1: <laughs> it's, it's like, it's, and, and I've, I've been saying a lot of books doing this now where it's like, oh, we're just not going to number ourselves because like we don't want to be i don't know thought of as a series even though we're obviously a series it's infuriating mm-hmm. like how am i supposed to read your books in order if i don't even know that that, that the book A, if the book i'm staring think... at is part of the main series or if it's some weird spin-off novel that has happens to have some of the same characters in it like hey now that you say this i
0: think that Adult books don't usually have series names, like the Discworld books. You have to like look up online which ones to read. Yeah, because they're like f- seven different series, but I mean, you you should just read them in the order they were published anyway. That's probably the best way to do it.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, it or like I was just thinking when you said that, I thought about the series of unfortunate events, which has. Numbered books, but I don't. I can't think of an adult book that has, like, adult book series that has numbers. I think that might be weirdly on purpose for, like, something a publisher does. Like, no, it's an adult story. They don't have numbers. You just find the Adul- next one.
1: Adults don't need numbers.
0: I. Well, it's I am like to the this day. Page. They'll give you a rundown of the other books in the series, but
1: I know this is—I know this is probably like incredibly untrue. Okay. I still think every Tom Clancy novel is part of like one big overarching series.
0: That cannot be possible. He writes like it a can't. Big, a bajillion it, of them.
1: It's crazy. It's insane. But I have no reason to think otherwise. Yeah, you know what? I Me mean, because... neither. I mean. Because all of those books have, yeah, like Tom Clancy's the main character. Yeah, because all of all
0: of these books, thrillers, like right, like mystery
1: thrillers. Yeah, like military thrillers, I think. Okay, but the the thing is, right, is like when you look at a Tom Clancy novel, it just says Tom Clancy, like fifty percent of the book cover. I don't know what the fuck the rest of the book says. I what am I supposed to take away from that? Other I don't than know. Man, those Tom man, that Tom Clancy series sure is vast.
0: I sometimes wonder if I'm the only person that does not care about author names. Like I'll go and I'll find like I I love Peter S. Beagle. I'll go and I'll find Peter S. Beagle and then read his books. But I guess if you're a fan of Tom Clancy and you see Tom Clancy in big letters, you're like, Oh shit, I'll pick up this book. But like, he's wrote like a bajillion books And they all say Tom Clancy in big letters And I can never like, What's the book name of this book 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 Man I'm tired Is this I need you to help me Is this a conversation I should be having
1: About Tom Clancy Yeah like Do people I just, care I don't. I don't know I don't know what like the national gauge Of Tom Clancy is at all. It's... I have no I have no way of measuring that. No one that I know reads Tom Clancy novels. I personally have never touched a Tom Clancy novel. Well,
0: but the cause... thing is, they're in, like, Walmart. And Walmart only sells bestsellers because that's what they know is going to get off the shelves.
1: I remember when I was a kid, I used to be able to find, like, books at Walmart and Albertsons and stuff.
0: I I do not remember ever doing that. I went to
1: Borders. Uh, I don't think I ever lived near a Borders. B-
0: well, Borders was cool. I mean, it's basically Barnes. It's like and Barnes and Noble. Barnes and Noble? They're the same story. They're the same store, but <laughs> the same story. They're the same store. Borders was just the one that was near us, and so that was where we went to for like you know to grab books or when our parents wanted us out of the house, but not necessarily making a lot of noises and running around, or to get those chocolates that they, that they only ever seem to sell. On the way out of Borders,
1: or to go to a Harry yeah. Potter release, I don't think I ever bought candy from a bookstore. I think by the time I started going to like Barnes and Noble on my own semi regularly, I w- already stopped eating most candy. But I hear I hear a lot of good things about the like bookstore chocolates, and I don't know
0: that thing that you. What said it is they're really doing? Sad. Right. What?
1: <laughs> <laughs> what? What I mean, you're just like
0: I think it, it it sounded like this weird I missed my chance to eat candy thing. Well like <laughs> And it was like I mean, weirdly sad.
1: You go I, back I, I and mean, listen to it, you see. I mean I kinda I kinda did, like, right, like I, I ruined candy for myself. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like that was all that was all on me. Like there there is no reason an eighty pound child should eat like half of his body weight in candy in one night to go well in any scenario. Oh, God, I tasted chocolate and like saltine, or not saltines but like, saltines. what's that fucking candy? I don't know why I said saltines. Uh, there, there's like some, some candy. Saltines. Jolly Ranchers. I tasted the sweetest Jolly Ranchers. Candy. I tasted Jolly Ranchers like on my breath for two weeks.
0: I remember the moment I think I was at somebody's house and they had like a jar of Jolly Ranchers and I took one. And I remember realizing, oh no, Cholly Ranchers are gross. Yeah. That's, you can pinpoint moments in your childhood that are no longer there when you eat cereal and think, man, this makes my stomach hurt. I guess I don't like cereal. <laughs> or... <laughs> oh, but the chocolates in bookstores are good. They They, they have like weird fillings usually.
1: Like sometimes
0: milk chocolate filling or a caramel filling, mint. They're good.
1: Oh, like I used to really enjoy Yorkshire peppermint patties.
0: You don't enjoy Yorkshire peppermint patties anymore?
1: Only if they're dark chocolate. If it's milk chocolate, it just the sugar collects on my teeth and it feels gross. Hmm. Okay. Okay. That's the thing pe- people the thing people don't tell you about quitting candy is you become hypersensitive to sugar. Nobody's and,
0: ever told me anything about quitting candy.
1: N- really, nobody ever in your life is like, "Oh, you should eat less candy; it's healthier for you."
0: Mm. I'm a vegetarian. Everybody else is eating less oh, than me. Damn
1: it! That's right. You're 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 on like you're on like <laughs> level level two of the three level health craze. You yep. bastard! How dare you be better than me?
0: It's fucking easy, man. How
1: dare you make animals. me consider my lifestyle choices and second-guess <laughs> what I think is right.
0: You know what I had today? A vegetarian hot dog.
1: I thought you were going to say kale chips.
0: No, fuck that. I am a vegetarian. I'm not stupid. Um, <laughs> I, had a, I had a vegetarian hot dog. And let me tell you about vegetarian hot dogs. You know that um, you're not sort of... um aftertaste that hot dogs leave in your mouth
1: yeah of like kind of rubber sadness
0: yeah and you know how that's the worst thing about hot dogs
1: i mean i wouldn't say that's the worst thing about hot dogs but sure let's go with it
0: well i was just gonna say that's the one thing they got right
1: (laughs) so (laughs) in a vegetarian hot dog
0: in a vegetarian hot dog you can't trust vegetarian food i mean when they try to make it taste like meat it's up in the air I was not feeling um, optimistic about these hot dogs. You'll occasionally get pretty good vegetarian chicken. I don't know why. Mm. I
1: I think I think chicken as like a flavor is a is must be a very kind of blasé flavor because everything tastes like chicken everything in some capacity. Like chicken. Yeah. Yeah. So I think having it as a flavor baseline means it's easy to make something taste like it.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably true.
1: So, the final movie that I watched, and this one I think is the most interesting. I watched uh, Shin Godzilla.
0: (laughs) Wait. (laughs) I just... You know what? Tell me about this movie, and then I'll tell you if it's what I was thinking of
1: no I want you to go first okay
0: no okay so somebody I can't remember if they were talking about actually watching Shin Godzilla or that they thought they were watching Shin Godzilla it turned out to be a different movie and it was a tweet that they sent out about this incredibly sad movie I can't remember what they said it was about but it was this incredibly sad movie and all this like awful interpersonal stuff was happening and they said you you can't really describe the feeling of watching this and thinking oh these people are going through hell and at some point they're probably going to have to deal with Godzilla
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh my god (laughs) oh man (laughs) oh shit I think I saw that tweet okay Okay. No, I actually, I actually watched *Shin Godzilla*. Okay, which is a Godzilla
0: um, movie. Just so we're clear.
1: Which is a which which is very quickly a Godzilla movie. Okay. Um, one of the weirdest. It's it's it's. It's got some crazy special effects. Just the way things look is like super weird and alien in a way that's. Cool, but also like very person in a suit kind of weird. So Shin Godzilla is like a is like a Japan's Godzilla reboot that they did.
0: Right after America um, it, released their reboot, right?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. So it came out a, like last year, or a year or the year before that, and mm-hmm. it's, in my opinion, it is a better movie than the American Godzilla. The stakes are much higher. the uh, The characters are much more likable and personable. So so America Godzilla follows the riveting story of, of Army Man and how Army Man's father worked at a nuclear plant in Japan and then Godzilla killed his dad and now he has to go Army Man it up all across the world following Godzilla while also like juggling his familial Army Man responsibilities until eventually Godzilla kills a bunch of other monsters and goes back into the sea and Army Man thinks well I'm sure glad that my family is safe. And I hope that Godzilla guy never comes back. Also, we blew up a nuke in the ocean. That was fun.
0: Wow. Okay. I Okay. Hmm.
1: There was a laser at some point. Anyway. That sounds
0: very bad. I, I, remember, I, I don't care about Godzilla, so I didn't watch it. I remember people saying that it was pretty
1: good. So, American Godzilla is a is a pretty good action movie. Like, it's okay. got it's got a lot of great action sequences. Uh the design for the Godzilla monster is really cool and teased really well.
0: I mean, I heard that he looked
1: fat. The plot is lacking in some places. I would describe him as sure. being as being swole.
0: Rotund. Thick.
1: Or maybe or maybe thick, yeah. <laughs> With two C's. Um Yeah, no, I got it. Like, I get it. Yeah, just juicy maybe. Alright. <laughs> So anyway um So Yeah, it, Shin Godzilla. So Shin Godzilla is a political thriller and it follows it follows uh, a bunch of uh Okay, wait.
0: I'm not It's just that when you said that the first thing I thought of was like Star Wars episode 1.
1: No, 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 no. Star no, no, no. Wars
0: has been about uh has been about laser swords for three movies, and then they decide to get weirdly politicky with it and do it bad.
1: Well, so uh, Godzilla in Japan has always been like uh, a commentary on politics.
0: Uh, sure, the first one was about um, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. It, okay. it pretty much exactly that. So so this movie uh, follows the, the career of, uh, of a couple of uh, understudies in the Japanese government as they have to kind of react to the disaster that is this monster just like running into their city Mm -hmm. and 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 causing all havoc the movie focuses a lot more on on the the politics of trying to get something done in Japan's government and you get the sense that the that the people who made this movie believe that Japan is fucked Unless they can just get off their asses And become their own country There's a lot of like government bashing in this film There's a lot of America bashing In this film And there's a lot of like industrialization And militarization bashing in this film Like the the film pretty much Puts out the thesis statement like the only way Japan can become a good country Is if we start solving Our own problems And start believing in our In the next generation of uh, Of Japan and stop like thinking America is going to fix everything for us.
0: I mean, it's not a terrible thesis statement. The issue yeah. is all this like post World War Two stuff that's still in place where like, they're not allowed to have us. And. Are they not allowed to have any army or is it a certain amount of people?
1: So, uh, as of the movie being released, they had they were allowed to have a minor militarized force right a permanent standing army but japan has only had a permanent standing army they call them like the the japanese defense force or something like that Mm. Uh, the ndf they've only had a standing army for like three years as of the making of that movie okay and there's a point in the movie in the movie where uh where the main character tells the prime minister of japan like he flat out says the line the last time our government acted without advice without discretion and without the help of other countries it caused the deaths of 48 million japanese citizens or i think it was 4.8 sorry 4.8 million japanese citizens but i was like like what whoa that's a really heavy line and and at one point in the film the 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 world pretty much decides we're going to nuke japan because this giant monster cannot be allowed to live and at that point like one of the 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 prime minister of japan like signs a piece of paper and says i cannot believe that i'm gonna go down in history as the person who let america drop another bomb on our country and it's like super heavy and super like and like the final half of the film pretty much becomes like a race against time like they they need to stop godzilla and prove that they stopped godzilla before the world decides to nuke them Um, Because the world sees that as the only solution. It's a really good movie.
0: Yeah, that sounds really good. Fuck. It also, it definitely, wow, okay.
1: And the, the only thing holding this movie back is its Cuckoo Bananas special effects, which are, Godzilla looks weird.
0: Oh, okay.
1: He looks super freaky. And you will never get over that for the entirety of the film. But that's okay, because the rest of the film is amazing.
0: Yeah, I personally care more about story.
1: Yeah. It is beyond infuriating to me that, like, American Godzilla, or no American movie, I think, can be what this movie does in terms of its, like, portrayal of politics. Like, there are so many just shots of people moving office supplies around that are super tense and action-packed, but it's just, like, people moving desks.
0: Do you know what I genuinely think it is? I think that Amer- the American people don't learn about America's failures as much as they should. And I think that's not true in a lot of other countries, but especially in play- in in like Japan, where they have been considered the villains of a world war. Yeah. You start to think about the failures of your country after something like that. And I'm not saying America doesn't have failures because it does and we just fucking hide them and don't ever talk about them. Which is part of the reason why on this podcast we're always talking about Native American race relations. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if stuff like that was on the forefront, then I th- I think you could definitely have that kind of movie and have it be American. But it's not. And that kind of movie that is American would be an allegory for 9-11 or something. Uh, which isn't bad in itself but it's just
1: it or even like a a natural disaster like uh hurricane sandy or hurricane katrina or more recently i think it's hurricane henry and kind of our country's just inability to like provide aid (laughs) to itself yep but i don't know but even if but like even when america does make movies about global disaster we make movies like the day after tomorrow or geostorm or san andreas like
0: yeah okay
1: i think triple a hollywood is incapable of making a political thriller that builds tension when you watch people moving desks into an empty office space Mm mm-hmm that makes that like a genuine plot point of the movie is where we need to strike a political deal behind like b- a backdoor political deal with France. Most American movies are like obsessed with this idea that you have to have a a singular protagonist who does the good thing and a singular bad guy who does the bad thing.
0: yeah, yeah, that's a problem uh, so often. I love bad guys I, I love the bad guy one of my problems with current Disney movies actually is that so mm-hmm. often they have villains who turn out to not really be villains yeah like with frozen you have Elsa and with uh, Moana you have oh I can't remember her name the um but the the goddess island yeah. thing um, who who was the 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 big bad at the end and so turned out not really to be a villain yeah uh, i love villains but s- so often in movies they sort of don't allow a situation to be a problem unless also you have some kind of betrayal or mastermind or something as yeah so as though th- 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 the circumstance is not enough
1: yeah I don't know i think america has a big problem with 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 movies always having to solve problems and 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 the the way we do that is we send in a dude with a gun yep and like but but even like but like like i have seen some movies that are amazing and then at random for no reason like they throw in a bad guy yeah and it's like like Interstellar, which I which I love. I think Interstellar is a fantastic movie.
0: Here's the thing. I did not care enough to watch Interstellar, but I heard a podcast where they talked about it, so I know what you're going to bring up.
1: Why the what? fuck is Matt Damon there?
0: Okay. Cuz yes, in that in that story, the situation is bad enough to be the whole point of the story. In fact, to bring up another one, The Martian is one of the only Blockbuster movies to actually like not have a villain and for the situation to be the problem.
1: Yeah, you.
0: You, but I bet somebody was sitting there thinking, but what if he was left there on purpose, and that person had to be shouted down.
1: I wish the I wish the Martian was a better movie. I really liked it.
0: That's too bad. I love the Martian. Although no. no, 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 no. I remember one thing I really didn't like about it, which is um in the book there's so much crazy stupid science stuff that people who are smarter than me would really love uh that tells you why hey what's up stuff needs to happen the way it does and you can't do that in a movie and therefore you're not really told why stuff needs to happen the way it does and because i read the book it didn't matter but that was something that kind of bothered me about the movie Sorry, go on. You
1: should watch you should watch The Prestige for me. It's on Netflix. If you haven't seen it already.
0: That's the um Nolan movie, right?
1: Yeah, yeah about about magicians. Regardless of what you think of that movie, I have a lot of thoughts on that film. Okay. But I I will say this about the Martian. I love The Martian. I think I think The Martian is a great story. My problem with the Martian film is that a lot of its shots are super generic. Their, they didn't work with their environment as much as they could have in terms of kind of showing you the scale of how fucked he was like I knew how fucked he was because I know like what it means what, what the distance like from Earth to Mars is kind of on a scale because I've done physics problems right And and like you said I understand the science and the math going on in the Martian movie um mm-hmm. But the film could have done more to kind of show me that as opposed to just rely on my own kind of knowledge of the subject.
0: Okay, I see, where you're, I see what you're
1: so, saying. Yeah, my my argument isn't that The Martian isn't a good story. It's that The Martian movie could have been way better if it had been given like more time and a bigger production staff than it was given. Because that movie came out really quickly after that book came out.
0: Mm-hmm i still think it's a real good movie though i mean i like okay i have a hard time watching stuff like um citizen kane well i've never tried to watch Citizen kane but but i was thinking i have a hard time watching like stranded on an island movies i have a hard time where it's just this one actor playing off of nobody trying to are you
1: about to tell me you don't like castaway
0: it's been a long time, but I didn't particularly like Castaway. No, uh, I think, but I think Matt Damon does really well uh, in sort of showing off having to work so you don't go crazy, and also having to work so you survive. And yeah. how he's always like doing stuff and listening to like disco, even though he hates it because he he can't just be alone, no. yeah. on Mars but i also i mean i get where you're coming from it yeah it could be a better
1: um it could have used the produced. medium of film more yes. than it did because on the whole like i as much as i remember enjoying the movie i cannot remember i think i only remember two scenes from that movie the first scene was uh when they cut to the uh the mathematician that they that they wanted to talk to at some like in California and he's like mm. sleeping in like the filthiest dorm room ever. Mm. And he like wakes up and he's like tripping over himself trying to get out of his own room. So I remember that scene vividly, if only because I like that actor.
0: <laughs> right. So that was um Donald Glover. Yeah, that, that was Donald Glover and he had that great scene where um he did the, he did it really well where he he goes to like the head of the project and explains how this thing could be done how he's been like doing all the math and obsessing yeah. over it and he he
1: how he solved it
0: yes he gets across be- again these actors are very good at getting complicated ideas across easily and one of the complicated ideas is this this guy has been obsessed with this for a little while now yeah and he is so excited about it th- that he can barely he he can barely express it he can barely express the actual idea he's come up with.
1: I know a lot of people a lot of people who know the science and who know the math hate it when movies do this but I personally enjoy it when a movie is able to give like a concise like two minute TED talk about the topic in question and is able to kind of like let a general audience know the gist of what it is that they're doing and why it is so hard it's why I like watching mystery stories
0: okay That's a tough needle to thread, though.
1: Yeah, it really is.
0: Thank you for listening to our... Hey, we fucking didn't introduce ourselves again. (laughs) Ah, son of a bitch.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for listening anyway.
0: Yeah, thanks for bearing with us. We're gonna, like... I'm gonna try to... Since we're not splitting it up anymore, we're gonna try to to get better with the structure of these DVD-actions, I think. (laughs) I have been Tony (laughs) Robusto.
1: And I have been your co-host, uh, Andy Reyes. What the fuck? What? <sighs> Nothing. Dude, uh, I have like I have like seven homework assignments that all have like multiple pages of problems that I need to like get done. I'm sorry that I don't have a quirky, snarky nickname for you. You Reyes should be
0: fucking sorry, you bitch. That was very good. That was very well put together. I liked it. Um. You can find me on Twitter at TheaterBats, or you can check out my webcomic at, at um, inspiredbytrueoffense.org.
1: And you can find me on Twitter at royalty underscore valens. That's all I have. That's, that's all me. Yes.
0: And um, alone in the universe with no webcomic. No. Uh, <laughs> 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 um. Our, our, our outro music, which is probably playing right now because I started playing it earlier, is...
1: Yeah, you've been, like, Oscar-awarding us out.
0: Yes. It's a um, uh, theme from Penguins on Parade by Lee Rosevere, and you can find the podcast at Video.
1: And remember to check us out on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Give us that five-star rating. It really helps people find out where we are and what it is we do.
0: I am the ghost of John Smith We ended the podcast on It Really Is Which is fine I would have liked a joke but here we are
1: (laughs) Wait I got one i got a joke it's a great joke hey tony yes andy why did the chicken cross the road
0: i I don't i don't know andy why
1: to get to the other side oh my god Ha.
0: okay i think we're good (laughs) is that all right yeah i wonder if i clipped my audio Uh,
1: this podcast was a disaster
0: yeah Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) That's going to be, that should be the name, that should be the name of this episode. This, 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 this podcast was a disaster.